long time ago in a podcast far, far away. It's Anomalous Readings. It's Anomalous Readings. Hello. <laughs> I'm Nora. I'm joined by Jackson. Yes, it's me. Uh, Dianago7 or whatever we did. You were... You were... I don't remember which one you were, actually. Yeah. Back, it wasn't 7. Back in the old days when you <laughs> did the Star Wars book club and I was like... Let's do a sci-fi book club instead. I don't just want to read Star Wars books because I will just be a hater all the time. So I'll be a hater. And what? The, look at the egg on your face. <laughs> Big Vector Prime fan. Eating all the crow. <laughs> That's so true. Let me tell you about Star Wars Vector Prime. We're here. Yes, it is the irregularly scheduled New Jedi Order part of the podcast uh, that we will be doing going forward because you do want to read the New Jedi Order. Um, and I do want to say up the top, we've read uh vector prime by ra salvador uh in the future we may read more than one book per new jedi order episode <laughs> on account of very little happens <laughs> it's true let me give you some background yes so as i understand it from wikipedia books after like heir to the empire were published through bantam spectra yes and at some point, Star Wars made a deal with Del Rey. And from Del Rey, from that point, there was like a specifically a, desi- a desire to set up a long story set over five years of galactic history. And so a couple of authors got together and they got some comic people too. It doesn't list those people because, you know, people don't care about comic authors, I guess. But the Dark Horse comic people are included. There are characters in this book yes. that we're about to read that have been seated in a comic that no one gives a fucking shit about anymore, but was presumably important in the 90s. I care about it. It's Crimson Empire. It's about the, um, the red-robed imperial bodyguards. Norm um. Anor. <laughs> so, um... Dark Horse Comics is is credited with the original concept of an invasion storyline and created the character of Namanor, who is seated in the Crimson Empire 2 comic. And they came up with this idea of um, an invasion of dark side force users. And... Um, they wanted to kill off a previously invinci- quote-unquote invincible character. And they said, what if we killed Luke Skywalker? And George Lucas says, no, nah, no, 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 <laughs> yeah, no, 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 that one. I like also, him. Uh, 3PO and R2 are off limits. He's right. He's, that, he's the, so right about that. That was the mandate of heaven. Pretty sure that's what that means. That Lucas says, C-3PO and R2-D2 are off limits. And George is the only one I respect. He's also stupid <laughs> and makes a bunch of really bad decisions about Star Wars all the time. But then, like, I hear stories of the meetings and, like, I have to say, yeah, fair enough, George. Darth Undeadu. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, it was also felt by somebody, I guess, that killing Han, Leia, or Lando would not have the dramatic impact that the planning team was looking for. And so it was suggested that Chewbacca get the L on this one. 
because he, quote, rarely significantly contributed to a novel's plot. <laughs> I love. So they, they came and they had this meeting and they go, the problem with these Star Wars novels is it's just the same characters fighting the Empire again. Uh, there's no plan and nothing matters because it's just various authors doing their own little fanfics, essentially. Um, and they barely connect to each other and half the time have to keep like crossing over and uh, contradict all the time. So they all are like, we're going to come in, we're going to have consequences, we're going to have characters die, uh, it's going to make real things matter. Oh, we can kill fucking Luke Skywalker, yeah, let's go, oh, big plans. And then you stay in the meeting for three hours and George has gone like, yeah, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> and by the end of it, you're like, well, we could just kill Chewbacca, who is not a character, I must stress, is literally not a character who anyone gives a single shit about. And you may say, that's not true. We love Chewbacca. And I agree. In movies, he's a guy who's a fucking, <laughs> uh, you know, the Wookiee, he's got the carpet on, and he goes, Rawr. it's a book. I'm reading in total fucking silence. I can't hear anyone go, Rawr. so you've just occasionally in book form, Chewie will be like, Chewie yelled, and Han said, ah, oh, good job, Chewie. And it... <laughs> Obviously, you get rid of him in the book. He doesn't work in books. It was felt that the death of a previously untouchable character would give the series its needed emotional impact, but putting Chewbacca on the chopping block was not an easy decision on the part of their creative team, causing many tears to be shed. That's the worst part, is I know it was controversial. It was controversial, and it was a big fucking deal. Um, And... I'm like, who cares? It's it's Chewbacca in the books. He's he's a no one. But then I guess you'll go the other way. It's like, I guess he's like, it's specifically sad because he's like Han's pet, which gets into even more icky territory. There is an incredible, incredible paragraph midway through this book where Han ruminates on whether losing Chewie or losing a droid is more like losing a real person, which is, to me, <laughs> the heart of what Star Wars is, uh, with its portrayal of uh, sentient slavery and like weird racist alien stereotypes. I'm like, you already, you already got to the meat of the issue there. <laughs> Um, once final decision was made, Chewbacca's death was approved by George Lucas that blood is on his hands. Um, they also decided that the youngest Solo child, Anakin Solo, who had recently had his own uh, young reader books, the Junior Jedi Knight series, would be the principal protagonist and be seduced by a dark side female character he's 15 well, he's, well Gaff, i got that to look forward to i didn't know about that <laughs> um and lucas sent back this is a quote too redundant to movie storylines book should be more original yes 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 let's fucking go oh he shot you in the head oh no i so and there was another thing because i was also looking at this uh there was a note on wikipedia that said uh, originally they wanted to have Dark Force users and Lucas said that would never work because the Sith would never form a stable society. <laughs> Which I love because I'm like, everyone's constantly roasting George for coming up with the Sith and all they do is kill each other and backstab each other. How could they have ever had an empire? Uh, and then George is like, well, obviously they would immediately stab each other and, and betray each other immediately. They can't have a real society. <laughs> oh, I love you, George. Dumbass. Uh, as a result, Lucas advised... Oh, also... He didn't want uh, the story to be too similar to the upcoming Star Wars prequel trilogy. That he's fair enough, which is also about the Jedi versus the Sith, because that's kind of what Star Wars is, usually. That's kind of what the, the deal is in Star Wars. 
Um, so he advised that Jason be the primary protagonist of the series. I don't know if that actually shakes out. I don't know if you can think of Jason as the protagonist. It may be, but I haven't read enough. Like I read a very patchwork collection of these books when I was young. Mm-hmm. I never got the overarching image of like the story as a whole. So I would, that's something I'm going to be paying attention to just to see. Yeah, I would not say this book necessarily has a protagonist unless you mean a yeoman car. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Yeoman Carr. <laughs> Yeoman Carr. too young. It's fucked up. Um, and other things, big, big, uh, big twists and turns from later on in the series have been set in stone before uh, Vector Prime is published. And uh, also, Lucas said that the villains sh- could not be Force users, and that's how we get the Yuuzhan Vong. Because yeah. they decided that what that should mean is that they can't use the force which is not what he just meant don't make sith again do something else and they were like what if the borg were really racist and that's how you get the use of um they were eventually the villains were eventually developed into the Yuuzhan Vong, an extragalactic race of religious zealots bent on conquering the galaxy. The name Yuuzhan Vong was derived from a French Thai restaurant in New York City where several members of the planning team were eating Great, great. <laughs> and uh, R.A. Salvatore, Delray editor Steve Saffel, and James Lucino became inspired by Aztec, Mayan, and various Mesoamerican ideas for the creation of the mythology and beliefs of the Yuuzhan Citation needed. Citation needed, man. <laughs> we went off the racism fucking <clears throat> cliff here, guys. Uh, the final outline of the series that. That's interesting. The final outline of the series was reviewed and approved by Lucas, at which point he ceased his involvement with the series. He's like, I'm making some movies. You guys go nuts. I don't care. And then in 1998's Vision of the Future, a peace treaty with the remnants of the Empire and uh, uh, the New Republic is sort of finalized. And they also have little hints of the aliens. Uh, that was a Timothy Zahn novel under the bantam contract so, so like that the, is like the, the, the precursor the precursor i was wondering like the empire don't show up at all in this book and the last i checked in the empire the remnants of the empire was still a big deal um so right yeah i assume like it, when this book started i'm like i guess we're in like the new republic is just one now uh and we're in the new version of the uh the the republic and i know that at some point and i don't know if this is even a new jedi order thing yet, but at some point the New Republic is replaced by the Galactic Alliance. Okay, well, I assume that's about to happen as they ha- need a new Galactic Alliance to fight the fucking racism Borg. I thought that the Galactic Alliance was the government that existed after the New Republic and the Imperial Remnant formed like their bond there, but I guess I guess not. Well, I maybe look it up, but I'm not going to. I mean, it would we ruin to too much. We, we don't want to like look ahead too much. Like we're, <laughs> yeah. we're being a little more cavalier about spoilers because it's like Star Wars stuff we all vaguely know. So we're, you know, we're throwing stuff out there. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll have to get into actual Vector Prime now. Um, I do want to ask, did you ever read any of these or see any of these when you were younger? Like when they no. were No, no, I, I only oh. read... Um, so I'm a little young in 1999 for Star Wars books. Uh, <laughs> when I read Star Wars books, it was like prequel stuff and uh expansion mm-hmm. it was like labyrinth of evil and i was watching the clone wars cartoon um, sure 
but I was mo- like when I was reading spin-off but I read like some Dominion War Star Trek books that was how I knew what the Dominion War was I read I read what the Enterprise E was doing during the Dominion War uh, which is a book with Ro Laren behind enemy lines <laughs> um and uh that, I was more Star Trek brained when it came to my tie-in stuff uh, which is why I did a Star Trek book podcast and not a Star Wars book podcast until today you can tell what time I was into Star Wars most as a kid because I was reading the, uh, these are a little closer to the end, the Enemy Lines duology, Traitor and Destiny's Way, which are from 2002. That's, that's, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. It was immediately post Attack of the Clones. I was reading the ones that were coming out. I was not reading the older ones. So I had the very weird sort of conception of the story. It was just like jumping in uh, at that point. Mm-hmm. But uh, I definitely was aware of them, and I was really invested in this whole arc with the Yuuzhan Vong. I always thought they were cool because I, I've ever since I've really liked the like super organic uh, sci-fi type guys, mm-hmm. like the Zerg. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> let's talk about Vector Prime as a novel, as the first step in these in this big like endeavor written by R.A. Salvatore you might know him from Drizzt people say that and I'm like I don't know him from Drizzt why would I know him from Drizzt like the, Drizzt isn't a guy that anyone gives a shit about right that, I thought he was that's a joke that's not true that's not true I always I ass- remember <laughs> when I heard people say Drizzt I always assumed it was with a tinge of irony like ah fucking Drizzt uh but apparently that's not true. Apparently the Drizzt got shooters. <laughs> Drizzt is like the is the more popular D and D book. Like I was a Dragonlance fan, and I was like always had this knowledge that like Drizzt was way more popular, and like Forgotten Realms was way more popular. But I was I was reading Dragonlance, and I was fine with that. <clears throat> Drizzt is a drow or dark elf portrayed against the stereotypes of his race who defies a nation of evil enemies with his swordsmanship and courage. He abandons the Underdark. Uh, his, so his journey for freedom leads him to the service where he faces discrimination at every turn because of his dark heritage. Duh! Roberts! <laughs> <laughs> Don't do it, Roberts! No, but he's, he's, he's cool about it. He's chill with it. Oh, does he understand? He's noble about it. He takes it in stride. He's so noble about the racism that he faces for being one of the evil races because he is a good guy. He is. He's one of the only guys with a conscience. That's more racist! (laughs) Which also, they've taken great pains to walk some of that back in recent years. They've introduced one other drow society that uh, isn't evil. Oh, they've they've walked God. they've walked back some ideas about the like racial purity of this evil race that is just like inherently ontologically evil. Well, Driz got popular, but <laughs> you know, orcs or goblins probably still evil and dumb. I hate it. That's that's something I really noticed in the newer Dragonlance book that came out like last year is that goblins are still like super evil and super stupid and it's like you're you're going out of your way to like make certain choices about smoothing these edges but you've still decided that goblins are this ontologically evil thing <laughs> the uns- um, it is funny watching D like try to smooth out the fact that the like premised 
in the design of the mechanics and the universe is like a fixed nature of racial morality like that just exists that's just like it's it's in there it's too deep in there you can't like cut it out without redesigning the whole thing so they kind of do these half measures this is what happens when the guy who made your thing is going around on forums saying yeah I'm, i would describe myself as a biological determinist Whoo! <laughs> no thank you Anyway, so he's writing Vector Prime. Vector Prime is the story of uh, the Yuuzhan Vong appearing in the galaxy for the first time. Uh, it is mostly the story of... Um, what's uh, Danny Kui? Danny Kui. Da- Danny Kui, a character I knew from later but had gotten mixed up. And I was like, isn't Danny Kui evil? No, well, she's just normal. I thought this was one of the Vong names, but it wasn't. No, Danny Kui is normal. And she's really hot. She's so fucking she's so sexy. Hot. She's, so she's so hot. hot. Oh, she's so young. And she's so hot. She's like 21. And she's, oh, she's so fucking hot. Man, Bobby, calm down. <laughs> the part when Jason Solo is forced into like basically a torpedo tube with this woman while he's almost naked. And he's like, damn, she's really beautiful. And then she like cries in his arms. It's so crazy. Uh, she's introduced with the Omen car being like, even among these infidels, she's so fucking hard. <laughs> it's so funny. And she's like, oh, all the guys keep asking her out because they all want to fuck her, but she's too cool for them. And I'm like, but she's on the, she's probably fucking one of them. She's on the base. She's got nothing else to do. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I understand that your vision of women that are hot, like they're unattainable and terrifying. Uh, but if she's on the snow base, she's probably hooking up with at least one guy. Not everyone has so, to be like a weird freak about it. I, I don't know what's, what's, what your problem is here. Danny Queen works for XGAL, which is uh, this organization that is trying. Like, it's kind of like the. Um, what is that thing? The people that like review signals from space to try and determine if there are alien signals being sent at. I don't. That's a thing. There's like the big. Uh, the big satellites that the satellite dishes that like take in all these radio signals that kind of thing they're yeah. like scanning the borders of the galaxy they don't know if anything could ever leave or come into the galaxy but they're they're keeping an eye on it yeoman car has infiltrated that um you mean like you base. mean you mean seti is the thing you mean seti. yeah that's one yes um yeoman car is secretly one of the Praetorite Vong, the the first uh, world ship of uh, of Yuzen Vong warriors, and he is disguised as a human with his Uglith cloaker, which is a living being that lives on your skin and like changes your appearance. Yes, because he's secretly super fucked up under there, and his nose is all broken. He's got all the tribal tattoos, and he's like, "Wow, look at this '90s racism we have." Uh, the part where they reveal the 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 Vong like keep their faces disfigured out of like uh, some like love of the god of violence uh, as they're screaming about the infidels. I'm just like slamming the racism button, like Jesus Christ, people. <laughs> Uh, they have a pantheon of deities, and th- specifically, this guy is all in on the on the fighter guy. But <clears throat> he also, I think, he also mentions Yun Harka, which is like the the trickster deity. But basically, these guys are biological alien guys 
every piece of technology they have is a specific organism that has been engineered to serve that purpose. He has a little worm that sits in his ear that lets him speak English. He has thud bugs, which are great. I love thud bugs. They're just beetles that fly really fast and hit you hard. Yes, they're, they're, they and also they are literally the Borg. Like he talks about, like, oh, we can make Danny Quee one of us, or we'll probably just sacrifice her. Like there is a process by which this, like, everyone is brought into this organic oneness with the Vong as they conquer galaxies. Is essentially how they're framed. Like they just go from galaxy to galaxy, claiming everything in their path and either killing it or like consuming it. They uh, also hate droids yes they also hate droids because they're not organic um to which i say so does the star wars galaxy so i feel like you should be homies (laughs) do you not remember Uh, (laughs) do you remember when the opening of the movie star wars was two sentient full people uh getting sold into slavery put on a slave line and then made to wait outside uh the the bar while the real people go in like you feel like you fit in right at home in the galaxy of Star Wars. Meanwhile, we have the planets Ramamul and Osarian, who are planets that orbit very close to each other. Um, there is a revolt being stirred up on Ramamul by one Naminor, who has risen to power. And is sort of inflaming the tensions between the different classes who live... Some live on on Osarian, which is a um, more hospitable world. And they send people off to Ramamul to do mining, I think. And that is the shitty planet. And so there's tension there that uh, Naminor has turned into a sort of revolution against Osarian and he's uh causing some trouble yes so like the two main plots are uh the stuff going on with Danny Kui and Yemen Yemen cars like uh attempt to essentially cover up for the approaching like actual super ship that has the the uh, uh the Vong advanced force on it uh, at this space station um, and whether that goes wrong and whether the, the heroes can stop him uh, and the other thing is Leia's diplomatic mission to uh, these two um, different planets with their weird little conflict that she's trying to smooth out not realizing that uh, the opponent on the other team is a joker guy trying to serve up like trying to stoke galactic conflict for no reason other than chaos and to destabilize the republic um, mm-hmm. those two things are going on um <clears throat> And then, then about a third of the book is all the main characters hanging out with Kip Durren as the solo kids do go-karting. So the original conceit for the Star Wars podcast was that I wanted to like set the stage by reading all the big events and introducing all the major players in the post-Return of the Jedi stuff. And the book that we were going to read next, last, uh, would have been the start of the Jedi Academy trilogy, which introduces Kip Duran. And um, he's he's what Wikipedia describes as a polarizing figure. He destroyed an entire solar system uh, to get revenge for the death of his brother. Uh, has so he, he already destroyed... done that at this point in, in the timeline? Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Everyone's chill with him? Yeah, yeah. He did what? He's, I mean, not everyone is chill with him, I guess, broadly. No, but, but they are Jedi. chill with him. Jedi. Luke, Leia, Han. Are, when Kip Duran shows up, everyone's like, oh, it's Kip Duran, the heroic Jedi cool guy who's like a little dark. That's correct. He's, he killed he's a solar a system? Cocky. Yes. What the fuck? <laughs> he, he was very sorry about it afterwards, eventually. Sorry, unfollowing now. Didn't realize that Kip Duran <laughs> killed an entire solar system. Yeah, uh, a man responsible for many deaths during his anti-imperial rampage in 11 AVY. Wait, 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 wait. He was also... Hang on a second. He stole... He mm-hmm. he killed too many people and killed a solar system because he was too anti-imperial rampage. What, what's up with the ideology behind phrasing it like that, guys? Ooh, do we need just a centrist understanding between the Empire and the New Republic? Is that what Star Wars is saying? Oh, let me let me just read this the sentence. Okay. Um, uh, Duran's deep anger against he was he was uh, in the spice mines of Kessel, I think, from like childhood, and his deep anger against his imprisoners was easily exploited by the dark, by the spirit of the Dark Lord of the Sith, Exar Khan. Once Han Solo rescued him from uh, uh, Kessel. Under Khan's guidance, Duran stole the Sun Crusher super weapon and embarked on a vendetta, destroying several Imperial targets and unwittingly killing his own brother in the process. Sun Crusher blows up suns and makes whole solar systems dead. The Sun Crusher is something I know about, and it's famously one of the stupidest Star Trek, Star Wars <laughs> super weapons. And just like, how do we get bigger than the Death Star? Oh, the Sun Crusher. Stupid. Star Wars is so stupid. Uh, only after Exarchon's influence had been banished did Duran begin a long quest for absolution which led him to become Skywalker's most talented pupil and one of the first Jedi Masters of the New Jedi Order. But he... So he he killed a whole... It's it's crazy that that doesn't come up in that scene at the beginning of Vector Prime when they're complaining about the smugglers. So yeah, okay, so so let's just briefly do a plus summary uh, um, with the rest of it and then we'll go into actual more talking. Um, hold that thought about the smugglers. Uh, yeah. As the plot goes on, um, the, the Vong keep doing attacks. They are trying to stir up more chaos on another world by uh, dropping the moon on it using some te- Vong technology that they can't stop. Uh, Chewbacca is left behind on this mission as they save everyone, uh, but they can't get Chewbacca onto the ship in time and Chewbacca dies. And Han's like, ah, oh, fuck, I can't believe my son Anakin Solo flew off without Chewbacca. Oh, evil. Um, and so that was all... <laughs> He's he's mad about that. Uh, Luke and Mara go off and uh, stop Yeoman Carr, uh, but it's too late. He's already done the damage. Uh, Jason and Jania go to save um, Danny Kui, who's been kidnapped by the Vong, uh, and was like, Kip Durham was also there with his apprentice, but they didn't get the job done. So um, uh, Jania and Jason have to help out and save the day uh, and save Danny Kui. But then after that, really like. nothing resolves what happens the vong are just here now and i guess we've got to deal with that they do stop the like immediate big battle right at the end but it doesn't really make a difference uh the vong have arrived and are starting to infiltrate the galaxy now and they have a big fight and then they all leave and then they decide oh let's do a little bit more fighting yes but it's extremely tv pilot like the faction are established no 
nothing's been resolved. I was expecting much more of like a war. I was expecting to be like, okay, we're gonna have different characters on different planets, and these different characters are gonna be different perspectives in like shifting mm, fronts mm-hmm. of a battle. Uh, but no, not really. Just like a couple of fights, and now it's like, oh, the Vong are infiltrating, and Nominor is still doing his thing, and what will happen next? Um, much more of an open sandbox, I guess, to do stuff with in the future. Uh, but that, that's that's yeah, how the book ends. There's a lot of establishing this is what the Vong are this is what they can do these are the toys that you can play with um this is what their ships are like this is how their ships work and what they could do they can take away your shields they can shoot you with lava um and so from here i guess now we have all the building blocks to a story later (laughs) yeah i was expecting like um god i don't know how to phrase it like I was expecting what? just plot, yeah. I was expecting like all uh, Jason was hanging out on this this planet. Uh, I don't know. Was hanging out on Corellia, and the Corellia gets hit, and like Corellia's down, and we got to go find it, and their forces are spread. You know, war stuff, war stories stuff. Because I thought it was an invasion. I didn't realize it was like a weird, like hidden secret society invasion, but also a real invasion. Uh, the part where it's like. Nominors in the background stirring little incidents up is how I see like oh this is how you get 19 books out of this and not two um, yeah <laughs> which is a little frustrating but I do I do see exactly how they I, I guess I see the future but yeah I I, the, I was shocked at how little was resolved at the end of this book the book is not f- finished nothing happens like Chewbacca's dead but I, I wouldn't say anyone's character arc completes really uh, or anything's right. happened um, Mara's so still this- dealing with her mysterious illness Yes, so I think for the for the future books, it's it'll be more useful. Like this one, everyone is here, but in the future, it'll be easier to do a summary because it'll be like character based, and like certain characters will be the focus of the books. Yes. I think. Um, so uh, Mara Jade, who I don't know what book she was in last. But I don't think she was sick in the last book she showed up in. This is like a new development, as far as I'm aware. I'm fairly sure this um, is a skip-forward book situation. I don't yeah. think the last book was this close, so yes, I think this is new. She's got the Coombs spores. <laughs> I hate when I have that. She's got Coombs spores in her that are like um, making her sick. It's, it's called a molecular disease or something. I don't really know how that works. But so far, she's the only person to have lived this long with it. And she's, like, constantly fighting it with the Force. Yes, she is fighting it with the Force, uh, this super disease. Which we know, for a fact, is just the Vong fucking with her. Yeah, it's an experiment. Uh, it's just, like, an experimental thing that they, they put on her to be like, we're gonna, like, cripple them this way. Um, and this is... It's not a mystery. It's made really explicit early on in the book exactly what happened and how this happened and how they could stop it. Uh, but then they just don't find... The heroes don't find out about this. So um, that is to be determined in the future what's gonna happen to her. Uh, her main concern is that she might not be able to have children. She might not be able to get pregnant while she's <laughs> like this. Because as we all know, that is mostly what women be thinking about. Um, it's it's really really embarrassing with how it's the play because it's like her talking to Leia and Leia's like it's okay that you're in your forties and what kids? Are <laughs> <laughs> right, Salvador? I don't think you can talk on this issue, sir. <laughs> uh, uh, other things that happen. Uh, so we see the main characterization of the solo children, the next generation. We have Jason and Jaina who are twins. 
And Jaina is just the best. She's really good at piloting. That's her, like, main thing. Can I just say that all of the fucking embarrassing Star Wars guys who complain nonstop about Rey being an insufferable Mary Sue and all the new Disney (laughs) pro-women agenda with their, like, self-insert characters and all the women are better than everyone, do they not read their own fucking books they keep going on about? Jania is the most (laughs) perfect character who's ever lived. She's so good at flying and she's so cool and she has the ability to combine the Force with natural ability and she's better than everyone at everything and she's so sick. And I'm like, bro boring <laughs> Jaina uh, from what I remember Jaina is the most competent character in the new Jedi order well I gl- could be it just feels like she hasn't got a ca- like she's too good at everything there's nothing to hang on to right there's no insecurity yes. in her she's just the fucking best and I'm like okay well that's good for her I guess um there's not really an end meanwhile we have the other two solo kids we have Jason solo and Anakin solo Jason is uh he's got some ideology that he's working on uh jason keeps making like ideological critiques of luke skywalker and the republic uh, which is how you know he's destined to become super evil bad guy bad guy <laughs> evil um i thought when i started this book i was like oh is this gonna be the um darth jason origin story and by the end of this book i was like oh we're it's gonna be about 15 more books till we get to this that's not gonna happen for fucking years uh but that is clearly his role meanwhile anakin solo is just um also there anakin solo is the idealist i guess and uh he's the one who says you know we should take the force and we should go out into the galaxy and like fight and like do good stuff and jason's like well i think that the force should be a personal connection to this like spiritual essence and i don't you know whatever uh and then they at the end of the book they're both like wow i'm not going to talk about this with the other guy but i was wrong i also need to incorporate my brother's ideology into my ideology to really excel um they don't have that conversation but they both think it yeah they both go oh this book was really about debating these ideas i don't think anything was proved Either way, I don't think I don't think the Vong showing up really has anything to do with what you are arguing about as to uh, the like limitations the bureaucracy and institutional like policing put on the religious purity of the Force, which is fundamentally what they're arguing about. Uh, but the book's not about that at all. So it's about some weird freaky guys who don't believe in the Force uh, killing a bunch of guys. They are weird freaky guys. Um, which I guess Lando is here. Yeah, Lando's here as as the classic like guy who is also here. Lando is the king of being also here. Um, I feel like in every Lando is Lando's here to facilitate the like set pieces of the book. Yes, which was tr- so it was true in um when we watched the uh, Throne trilogy. Also, that's just kind of what Lando does. He's also there. He's got a scheme uh, and uh, a bunch of ships to do things with. Yeah, he's got a, he's a quest giver. Um, and they even bring back the shield ships from the Thrawn books. Yeah. And I don't understand how those work or what they do at the end of this book. It makes no fucking sense to me, sort of thermodynamically, but we'll get there. Yes. <clears throat> He's got an asteroid field called Lando's Folly. I think that's <laughs> what the field's called. I believe so. And basically, he's got these shields, this like modified TIE fighters with 
better shields because well ties don't typically have shields but it's remote shielding so one ship sort of projects the shielding to the other ships and pilots take runs through the asteroid belt trying to get through and like stay in for as long as possible and there's like a leaderboard and these shields are part of that experiment it's part uh you know opportunity for people to gamble it's part letting smugglers and other uh nefarious types practice their skills at evading things and like getting good at uh flying and part lando testing out this shield technology so he's got a a real good grift going on right now but uh jaina blows it all out of the water she goes in like the top record is held by kip duran at like 16 12 points or or 12 to 16 minutes something in there and uh jaina goes in and she just gets into a trance and flies for like 21 minutes or something she's she's just demolished him she's so cool she's so much better than everyone else (laughs) she's so boring (laughs) i um i hate this stuff i hate this stuff and i also hate that like the jaina stuff is like it's so point the well's so poisoned right because you get it leads to um a bunch of gross men complaining that all the women are perfect uh, and they're stealing their woke, their, their, the woke ideology is stealing from the men who should be the heroes. Um, whereas like you read this and I'm like, this Jaina speaks to a real weakness uh, in these writers. And I would say that Leia and uh, Mara do as well. Just like refusing to give the women the interiority and struggle that like makes them narratively interesting. Um, wouldn't like... No, R.A. Salvador would not say that like Luke Skywalker having a moment of doubt takes away from his strength, right? That would never even come up as a question, like when mm-hmm. when writing uh, a character. Um, but it def- you would f- you feel that anxiety around Jaina, who you're like, I want to make the coolest role model for girls ever. And I'm like, first of all, I don't know how many teenage girls are going to be reading Star Wars: The New Jedi Order in 1999, but I'm going to guess it's not that many, just based on the demographics of who's buying Star Wars The New Jedi Order Vector Prime in 1999 I don't think you're going to worry about that Bob <laughs> I know that she gets up to stuff in these books yeah I hope so another author takes her a different way what. yeah I'd like, uh, I'd like remember, there to be content there yeah yeah I remember her mostly being pilot focused specifically mm-hmm. but um and who else have we not talked about? Uh, uh, there's there's Nor, who is like you said, the Joker. He <laughs> uh, he made a big pit and he filled it with droids and set it on fire. So that's fucked up. That's so fucked up. But they don't really talk about why that's fucked up. It's just like, he's they they start the book right, and you have this conflict between oh the the planet that has all the materials and the planet that's all the workers and and oh look at this evil uh upper city lower city relationship they've got going on here um and the lesson is like oppression you shouldn't trust revolutionaries because what if their secret joker guy is trying to start wars question mark it's not it's not really like thought thought through as a metaphor um there's a way that maybe you could frame this story of like the revolutionaries uh or the revolutionary potential in the galaxy is being directed towards these like awful 
monsters who are manipulating them. Um, and there's a way you could theoretically see a story that would frame that as like, this is representatives of the failures of the New Republic. You know what? You know a story that does this? It's called The Clone Wars. The Clone Wars <laughs> is about <laughs> how the failings of the Republic has brought about this like revolutionary reaction uh, that has been co-opted by evil, right? But that is representative of a sickness in the like liberal hegemon that they had preserved beforehand and requires some like thinking about what what that world means but this book doesn't really dive into that it just says that the like poor people are all being tricked by an evil joker to do a revolution and oh isn't that bad we should just have peace but i'm like but they were still being oppressed that that's still true the 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 asarian uh-huh. and ramulian planets are still in that relationship and now they're all just killing each other and i guess that's bad because of the yuzan vong but the the book never really talks about like what it means for the New Republic that they're feckless and useless other than they are, which brings us to Borsk Felaya, who's still here! Oh my god! Why are we still dealing He's... with this guy? <clears throat> so we see Luke and Jason going to a meeting uh, of the New Republic Advisory Council, which is headed by Chief of State Borsk Felaya. <laughs> Borsk failure. Hey everybody! I always say failure because the idea of him being called Borsk failure is so fucking funny. I hadn't considered that at all, but uh, it makes more sense. Um, I mean, it, he is written to be. It, it's Borsk failure. Borsk failure. His name is Borsk failure. Uh, that's more clear if you have an accent like yours rather than mine. I it hadn't occurred to me. Um. Here's the thing. Luke Skywalker thinks, should I create the Jedi Council again? I'm not sure. It might be good for us. There's only a couple of Jedi, but we all kind of just do our own thing, and it might be good to have some sort of cohesion, because I'm teaching all these people how to kill people with their minds. But also, uh, that didn't go well for the last Jedi Council, did it? They're not around anymore. And also, um, will the Republic want me to do that? Should I listen to what they want about this in the first place? And then Borsk Falia says, uh, you're ruining smuggling. And that's bad because it's business. It's just business, Luke. They go to the council, this advisory council for the New Republic, and they're like, or they say that the the the, the, the councils are like your Jedi are shooting down innocent ships, and I'm like, well, that's bad. Why did you teach all these fucking guys to be super soldiers if they're doing random murders? And then the like narration is like they've tipped their hand. All they want is to protect the smugglers. Our Jedi are taking out smugglers, and and uh, that's bad. And they think that's bad, and that's why they're corrupt. And I'm like, that doesn't okay. If, for example, I, tomorrow, invented the ability to kill people with your mind, and I went and trained, like, a hundred people, and they all went around the world killing people with their mind, and they started killing, like, uh, drug dealers or whatever, that would still be bad if they just started doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a bad thing to do, to make the extrajudicial, super-religious police force that is the arbiter of right and wrong in the galaxy. Um, and they brush up on a couple of interesting ideas of, like, the smugglers were our allies when like we weren't the state but now we're the state and we hate them and it just kind of paper over of like well yes but like that's because any like everyone was an outlaw against the republic now the only outlaws are the ones that hate justice and i'm like 
Yeah, but that's that's a really ideologically convenient position to hold that everyone who opposes you must be inherently evil. Are we gonna deal with this? No, not even a little bit. We don't think about it. And I'm like, this is—it's right there. Just talk about it. Why is the, absolutely not? Why is the republic so completely fucking corrupt? You guys made it. It's your republic. You did a whole revolution for it. You could have set it up differently, but you set it up like this. And they don't talk about that. They just like Borsk Felia or Borsk Felia um, appears like the imagination of of post Jedi Star Wars uh, is that like corrupt politicians just emerge from nowhere they just are they just simply are politicians are corrupt and they run things corruptly uh and they they are like that uh no difference as to whether like where the empire came from what the difference between the republic and the empire is not even talking like all when we restored the republic we just made the society that led to the empire and we wound back the clock surely that's not sustainable it's not doing that intentionally it just is like ah the fucking politicians are all corrupt and we've got to take action because uh, we're the only ones that can and i'm like you met you made the new government it's your government what are you fucking talking about as another indication of the post jedi imaginary the farthest future timeline material in expanded universe star wars is a comic series wherein there is a sith empire ruling the galaxy again wait they doesn't when how far give me the year please like a hundred or more years i don't a hundred years let me let me just let me pull it up it might be uh more than that but it has to this is where Cade skywalker is from um and Cade is born it well Kate Skywalker dies in 138 ABY. Um, but he, it also says, parentheses later resurrected. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Kate Skywalker later resurrected is so funny. Um, I'm trying to figure... I'm, this is all in-universe. I'm trying to find like out of universe information about this time period i know that he's haunted by the ghost of luke skywalker he keeps telling him to stop doing drugs pre-birth biography pre-birth brackets before 130 aby what the shits Thousands of years before kate skywalker's birth he appeared in a vision to jedi master quangli quangli it's called it's called Star Wars Legacy from 2006. Um, it takes place... Uh, did Darth, Darth Krayt, the Sith Lord, has made an alliance with the New Empire and has destroyed the De- Jedi Temple on Coruscant. But, okay, so... So so I guess this, this all ends in failure soon. I guess this, this, they, they do all... All of this collapses. The New Republic was a completely useless and we're going to get a new Sith Empire killing everyone i imagine that uh george was no longer sitting in on the meetings after the new jedi order by by 2006 no but here take a look at the cover for legacy one uh the future of star wars begins now is this the one with all the sexy yes (laughs) this this era of star wars dark horse like and they 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 describe nominor as like he looks just like darth vader but with more extremes uh because he's got spikes (laughs) on him and i'm like this is 
This is the Star Wars era that I find so baffling because it's a lot of EU content, especially in the comics, but it just is like, you know, uh, Todd McFarlane's fucking spawn over here. <laughs> Because uh, it's all coming out of like 90s comics influence, which is just not an aesthetic I at all associate with Star Wars, but it is clearly right. important at this era for people who are like engaging with it. Uh, but look at these fucking guys. The, okay, I mean, just we'll get back to Vector Prime in a moment. I just <laughs> want to say publisher summary for Star Wars Legacy 1. The Jedi Temple is attacked and Emperor is betrayed and the Sith are born anew. A lot can happen in 100 years, but all of the above happens just in this first issue. <laughs> Not since Luke Skywalker first stepped aboard the Millennium Falcon has the galaxy seemed like such a vast, exciting, dangerous place. The, this is a perfect jumping on point for any reader. An epic beginning to an untold chapter of the greatest adventure in the universe. And they never got past this in the books? They were all, like all the Legacy of the Force stuff doesn't <clears throat> get, up, get up to yeah. this? So the final book of Star Wars, the novel... Before they uh, had to reboot everything. Yes. In 2014 is Crucible. It's uh, 45 ABY. 45 ABY? That's Luke Skywalker still alive. Yes, he is. That is Han, Luke, and Leia's final adventure together to fight the final boss of Star Wars. We're so old, everybody. We're so old. Oh, I'm so old. (laughs) Oh, we've got to fight the final boss of (laughs) Star Wars. <laughs> you do, you sponge. Look at you. Um, it's just bumming the so, size of my little body. <laughs> you, uh, you might have heard some names like uh, Abeloth. I've no, I haven't mentioned. actually. In in like a more civilized age, that's that's where that comes to a head. There's like a, you know, but you remember uh, uh, Mortis. I do remember the Mortis arc, but I don't. I don't know about. Anything. There's a fourth one of those guys. There's a fourth one of those guys, and they got to go kill him. Yeah. Or will it even work? Given everything. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so wait. So what, the the final boss of Star Wars for Luke, Leia, and Han is to fight <laughs> a fourth Mortis guy. Are I you kidding me? I believe that is the case. I believe there is the mother or the handmaid or something. Star Wars is so stupid. Hey guys, we dealt with the Vong. We gotta go take out the fourth Mortis guy. How um how old's uh Janie and Jason at this point? I mean I assume one of them is dead. I assume Janie is still alive it's though. <laughs> whatever forty five minus sixteen. Yeah, is. so they're like, so like uh thirty. Thirty years old. Yeah. Twenty nine, uh, my age. They are our age. They're our age. They're around oh, us. God. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine being the age that we are now and having been through all of the Yuuzhan Vong War, just like in our teens, <laughs> and then having to like at this point deal with the secret fourth Mortis villain. I don't know that the the solo like the second generation of solos are even in this book. I think it's just. Han, Luke, Leia, and Lando. Where the fuck? Yes, yeah, Lando's there too. <laughs> but why? It, why didn't they call that like perfectly of age, clearly very important and capable daughter? I I assume Jason, destined to be evil as he is, is extremely fucking dead at this point. So, <laughs> but I assume Janie is still around, unless it's there, unless she's not, and it's just well, well I guess we're in our sixties and. Uh, all of our children are dead. <laughs> <laughs> Han, Leia, and Luke team up once again to, on a quest to defeat a dangerous adversary bent on galaxy-wide domination. Oh, no, I and hate that. The, 
The Empire is not the enemy. It's a pair of ruthless geniuses with a lethal ally and a lifelong vendetta against Han Solo. <laughs> I guess... And when the murderous duo gets the drop on Han, he get, finds himself outgunned in the fight of his life. To save him in the galaxy, Luke and Leia must brave a gauntlet of treachery, terrorism, and the untold power of an enigmatic artifact capable of bending space, time, and even the Force itself into an apocalyptic nightmare. Why is, do they have a vendetta against Han? Of all people, like Han's just a Great fucking question. guy. <laughs> like, Great question. Surely the world galaxy destroying threat would have a vendetta against one of the important characters who can affect things, and not just like I was thinking about this. But Han Solo's main contribution to Star Wars is that he has a car. Uh, as opposed to <laughs> Leia, who is like the space president who doesn't want to be space president, uh, and Luke, who is the linchpin of a new uh, religious army that will bring peace to the galaxy. Question mark about peace. Um, um, and Han Solo has a car. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what's happening here. Uh, this is someday I'd like to read after the New Jedi Order and the stuff after it because like the dozen or so, maybe two dozen books. After that is the part where the authors are all sort of like taking pot shots at each other with each book. Um, and uh, it's all falling apart before the Disney buyout. Yeah, I know things get bad in Lucas's organization. Uh, George has stopped giving a shit. George is off writing Star Wars Underworld with um, fucking uh, Ron, Ron <laughs> D. Moore. Uh, and no one... <laughs> Man, those last few years before Disney takes over, I, I wish it never ended. I wish we got to see the last... Can you imagine what the decade of Star Wars would have been without fucking Disney coming in and making the new sequels? Can you imagine if those 3D versions had continued? Can you imagine the, like... The Star Wars book that gets written in, like, 2016 that has, like, an alien Trump? Oh, my God! <laughs> You are so... Tr this, you're so right. You're so right. Uh, anyway... Kate Skywalker was the... Prime. Sorry, but I, in a minute. In a minute. In a minute. <laughs> Kate Skywalker was the nephew of Nat Skywalker, also known as Bantha Rourke, and his wife, Drew Rourke, half-brother of Gun Yage, though neither knew of the other's existence. <laughs> This is the issue with us doing Star Wars is that we get distracted by all these completely ridiculous things on Wikipedia. I just, I can't. He's the step cousin of Skeeto. <laughs> the step cousin of Skeeto. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh. I'm taking it back. I love Star Wars again. <laughs> anyway, Vector Prime. Where were we about Vector Prime? I, uh, a Cade Skywalker also has three different masters listed, which is Wolf, Sazen, Crook, and Darth Talon, parenthesis, Sith Master, temporarily. <laughs> I'm glad they brought him back. With this one, he was later resurrected. Yeah. Oh. oh, oh, that's beautiful. Oh, stupid. <laughs> Affiliation, <laughs> affiliations, New Jedi Order, Galactic Federation of Free Alliances. Man, I wish that they had been more <laughs> intentional about how funny the fake naming conventions of like the alliances get, as they keep reinventing the Empire every five minutes. Um, the Bounty Hunters Guild, one Sith brackets very briefly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Darth Crate's Galactic Empire brackets very briefly. <laughs> one Sith is one of those, um, also known as the New Sith Order. <laughs> Wait, this, I thought it just meant he, I thought it meant one Sith. I thought he was one Sith. No, no, it, the one Sith is like a a, a force. It is Darth Crate's new Sith Order uh, before this... Darth Crate becomes the the Emperor. Is this where the sexy evil Twi'lek is? Yeah, yeah. All I know about Legacy is the sexy evil Twi'leks, because people sometimes post it, and I'm like, yes, it is the most big brain thing there, especially as everyone else is like the most over-designed, looks like a bad magic card nonsense. Uh, That's the, the character that when Lucas saw her, put her next to Maul and said, look, they're friends, and then they had <laughs> to rewrite the Maul video game that they were making to try yes! and... Yes! Darth Talon into it. Wait, that's Darth Talon in Friends with... Did he just decide... Did he mean it? When he said, look, they're friends, was he I joking? I don't know. I don't know. Darth Talon versus Darth Maul. You can tell the error that any Darth Talon fan art is drawn in based on uh, how much clothes Darth Talon is wearing. <laughs> and not because they get less horny. In fact, I would say as they put more clothes on, they get more horny. Because, you know how it works. Anyway, back to Vector Prime. Enough of this shit. <laughs> Sorry, I just read the list of positions within Dark, Darth Crate's one <laughs> Fine, what are the positions within Darth Crate's? At the top we have Sith Lord, then Sith Master, then Sith Apprentice. And under that, we have three more under Sith Apprentice, which are Fist, Hands, and Voice. What the hell's going on over there? <laughs> Wait, hang on, is, is Darth Crate's one... Now I'm taking this seriously again. Uh, <clears throat> but, like, is the idea that Darth Crate is trying to do a revision... Like, you know when a new sect of Christianity tries to recast the, like, law and theology in a new uh-huh. light? Is he trying to, like, turn the there must always be one, we're always murdering each other into, like a functional society that won't murder each other every five minutes? Is that what he's trying to do? Uh, founded by the self-proclaimed Darth Crate that followed a revised doctrine of the Sith ways, yes! which is a hyperlink. It's called the Rule of One. Wait, so that's how he gets around the thing. Is It's like, actually, if we're just a dictatorship, we can come together and uh, stop killing each other every five minutes. Stop betraying me. I'm in charge. The Rule of One is the name of a Sith doctrine developed by Darth Crate and followed by the One Sith. The doctrine as followed by the one Sith focused in stark contrast to the core tenets of the old Sith and obedience rather than conflict and survival of the strongest with many Sith following one leader and purpose. This is good. That's good. That is exactly how I, if I was trying, if I was a Sith guy and I was like, we keep murdering each other and providing like prioritizing individual strength and tenacity above uh, the like continuation of the order. Uh, I would, that's good. I actually, you know, I'm back on board. Maybe Star Wars legacy is the real shit. So here's a quote that is attributed to Darth Bane to Darth Crate for disobeying the rule of two. It says, power is its own purpose. To share it is to delude it. You delude yourself, pretender. Your order will yet turn on itself and you. Sorry, why is Darth Bane talking to Darth Crate? <laughs> How do you get here? How do you get here? <laughs> later, <it> the- resurrected? <laughs> later resurrected? Later resurrected. How much later? Because uh, uh, who knows? I, I love the idea that they do this, that they do this, like, what if someone rewrote the Sith Order to not be completely fucking useless as, like, a religious ideology, uh, and then they start to, oh, that was actually super selfish of you for making the Sith less evil. <laughs> How dare you? 
That's Upon like Crate's death, Darth Neil assumed control of the One Sith as the new Dark Lord, and in accordance with the rule of one, followed him as he ordered them into the shadows once more. Oh, is that how it, is that how it ends? They just go like, "I right, peace for a while. We're coming back next time." <laughs> Stupid. You know we'll what? We'll be back later. Never mind. I take it back. Star Wars Legacy is not the real shit. But there was five minutes there. We were reading Wikipedia pages, and I was like, "Man, that's cool." <laughs> Skeeto was a human male. <clears throat> I mean, listen, we could still read that. Uh, that's down, but <laughs> not not right this second. Anyway, this is basically the worst possible MP3 file if you wanted to learn about the novel Vector <laughs> Prime by R. S. Salvador, the first of the New Jedi Order series. <clears throat> yes, but we we had our moment of like being very serious about the book and its themes earlier. So now this is our dessert. Jason saves Danny Quee, and he's like, "Oh, it's so cool. She's so sexy." Oh, I've figured out I can I can try to be a good Jedi now. Uh, even though it's so blatantly setting up that he's going to be evil and he's going to make Danny Quee be evil. Because the Vong are like, they want Danny Quee to like, she's the real sacrifice. Not um, <clears throat> Kip's apprentice, whatever he was called. I forgot his yeah, name. Miko Reglia. Yeah, Miko Reglia. Fuck Miko Reglia. Uh, who they can introduced. Can I show you a picture of Miko Reglia? What? Can I show you a picture of Miko Reglia? Is there a picture of Miko Reglia? There, there is. There is. Okay. What does Miko Reglia look like? Let's take a look. <laughs> He's just a guy. <laughs> this is the most just a guy that's ever looked. First of all, it's a like black Dan and white Aykroyd. photo. <laughs> he does look a bit like Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. So uh, the the um, the Vong are trying to torture and kill uh, Dan Aykroyd here because they don't care about him. He's not like the prime. Uh, example of the human form the danny queen it's so it's so like horny for danny queen beyond just like it's a sexy lady just like it assumes she has like some kind of like pure human essence to be studied because of how sexy a 21 year old she is it's so weird so um i will say appearances uh, first appearance, Vector Prime, and then every other listing here just says mentioned only, mentioned only, mentioned only, mentioned only. Well, they they can't stop talking about Mika Reglia. Uh, when, I think yeah, that might be the end of our podcast. When Kip Duran shows up, that it like plays a fanfare. Basically, they're like, "Oh, it's Kip Duran!" Like he's from the movies, but he's not from the movies. He's Kip Duran, <laughs> but he is from a. I think fairly popular trilogy of books. It's just really funny seeing how like, because it's being written in 99, it treats callbacks to the movies and callbacks to like the surrounding EU stuff, which I don't give a single fuck about. I don't know who Nominor is. Don't ask me. Uh, but it treats them both as like, Oh yeah, you're reading this. You're plugged in to all the various star Wars happenings. I, I will say it's a lot less obnoxious about callbacks to the original trilogy compared to the X-Wing books. I know that's a low bar. Well, like, we will find shit. out. Uh, <laughs> we will. As the next um, New Jedi Order books we will be reading in, if you, not for a while. We take months off these Star Wars episodes because they mostly just collapse into us reading Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> And talk about the son of Jedi Master Cole Skywalker and Morrigan Cord, also known as Nina Calix. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry uh, the next uh, Star Wars books that we will read maybe by the end of the year maybe not Yes, are, are the, the Dark Tide books and they are written by our mortal en- enemy and nemesis Michael Stackpole originally meant to be a trilogy before he said 
no they keep making me they, they keep saying follow the outline this is meant to be a bigger project and this is the last time he uh worked with them i think i think this is his final um books because oh it's, me it's so meant to be good. a trilogy trilogy and then he doesn't um he, he just uh puts all of the plot points in the last book rather than making it the full trilogy he meant to Oh, I hope that means that the books are dog shit. I hope it comes off the rails. I hope it's an F91. Uh, the New Jedi Order Dark Tide Siege was removed because uh, we have yeah. Onslaught and Ruin. It was meant to be Onslaught, Siege, and Ruin. Um, and uh, there was a comment about how uh, he didn't like the um, situation with what he had. What is what yes, he yes these are the last oh, yeah. novels he writes here's a quote it says in Stackpole's words I knew that if I made the changes that were requested in that memo that the book would be horrible and I wasn't going to ha have a book be horrible in the Star Wars universe and go out under my name now some may say it's already happened Michael <laughs> <laughs> have you read some might say it happened nine times already <laughs> have you read Wedge's Gamble perhaps uh, Wedge, uh, that feels wrong now because I'm so used to Wedgie Gambo. <laughs> Wedgie Gambo, have you read the Kratos Trap? I have. I have read the Kratos Trap. Was that one better than Wedge's Gamble? I guess. But then we never went back to war. <laughs> so true. Why do they so call true. it the back to war? Oh, <laughs> Jackson, do some plugs. Yeah, you can find me uh, on Twitter and Blue Sky and co-host at Headfalls Off. I understand that either one of those websites might not be working at any given moment. It is in flux. We'll see how it is. Uh, but I'm around all the places. Uh, you can find the podcast I generally do at abnormalmapping.com other than this one. Uh, and you can support them on patreon.com slash abnormalmapping where you get the Great Gundam Project for $1 a month. Uh, and it's good. You should go listen to it. You should. Um... <clears throat> you can find me on various social media platforms at, at, under the name Skull Daughter, except for Threads. I'm not going to do Threads, but you know, the other ones. Uh, you can find stuff I've done at Norblake.online, and you can support this podcast by going to exportodd.io or patreon.com slash exportaudio. Give us some money. Um, by doing that, not only do you get all of the Export Audio podcast family in one feed, you also get access to bonus pods. There's, uh, you know, there's a bonus episode of this podcast where we talked about Prometheus. Yep, but we're pausing that for the strike, so no more. We don't have to watch uh, The Hobbit for a while. God, can you imagine how much it's going to suck when the strike ends and we have to watch The Hobbit Part 2? Ah, uh, that's so true. Um, there's also... There used to be a podcast called Pardon My Franchise about movie franchises. That's on hold currently. It's a good uh, again, one, though. You should listen to it. In uh, solidarity with the uh, multiple strikes uh, happening right now. And uh, there are plans to do other stuff in the future. I know that there's um, some new developments happening over on Stairwells. And uh, Coffee and Comic Books continues apace as usual. And uh, I've got something coming to replace a uh, uh, franchise for a while. We'll see how people like that. It's a uh, uh, Fist of the North Star podcast where we're reading Fist of the North Star. Uh, yeah. So 
please enjoy that one. And uh, that's it for this episode. Um, I guess keep watching the sky. Next time, next we have to say what we're doing next time. Oh shit! I forgot we do we do talk about the next. We episode. have another podcast coming yeah. up. Yes, we have another podcast. <clears throat> uh, next time we will be reading the female man classics. Like we're going back to classic sci-fi, taking a Star Wars break until we do this again. Build up to it. Um, you got to build up your tolerance. Yes, uh, we will be joined uh, by a guest for that one. So look forward to so it. So true. Uh, I that book is in the mail. Uh, potentially headed to me. Vector Prime took like three, four weeks to show up, so I was a little worried I wouldn't be able to read it in time, but I managed it. That's so true. I also, I also, because I'm not really able to read the Kindle as much. I can still read it a little bit, but with my current wrist situation and and everything, it's a little easier to read paper books again. Uh, and so I got the um, uh, paperback version of Vector Prime, and it's so, the text is so tiny. It's such a tiny little text in that, <laughs> that version. They really wanted to cram that book into a small print. The uh, shitty cheap paperback from two thousand. Please look forward to Star by Star, which is six hundred pages long. That will be getting its own episode. <laughs> so true. Unlike some For of these, which will be <laughs> condensed. Um. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. May the force be with you. Nah. <laughs> Kill the Jedi in your head. <laughs> That's Jedi. what it was. That was, that was the sign-off for uh, the Star Wars podcast. Kill the Jedi in your head.